Hey, it's Rochelle, and you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a production of Catholic Answers. Welcome to the place to transform the world by transforming yourself. Hey everyone, so today's episode is going to be very different and I hope you think it's special. I made a new friend in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and he invited me to be a guest on his podcast where he interviews me about myself and the podcast and and we end up talking about some other really cool spiritual things as well. Um, so today's episode is me being interviewed by JP from Steel City Catholic. Now, it's a little long, but just so you know, the first part is just information about myself, you know, some funny little details about me. And the second part, that's when we talk a little bit more about some really cool spiritual things that just kind of happen in our conversation, um, which was really fun to talk about. I hope you guys get something from it. Um, And yeah, just have a good time. All right, everyone. See you next week. Hey everyone, this is JP. I just wanted to welcome you to Steel City Catholic and um, Bob and I have a really fun episode for you today. Uh, I had the opportunity to speak with Rochelle um, from Catholic Answers. She works at Catholic Answers, um, lives in San Diego, and um, she has a podcast called Clumsy Theosis and it's just fantastic. I've, I've been a listener from the beginning. Uh, it's a relatively new podcast, but she, her content is um, just incredible, and, and, and the way she keeps up with it, the way she manages the podcast is, is uh, truly, truly uh, well done. And so um, we, we just had a great conversation. It was so fun to interview her, and, and, um, and I, I just really appreciate the time she took to, to, to have a conversation with us and, 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 um, and you'll see in our, in our episode here today, um, as in all things, there's always a Pittsburgh tie. So you'll see kind of how, um, Rochelle's affinity for Pittsburgh and, and, um, studying at Franciscan and Subinville and how that all tied in um, to her walk of faith. And, and so I just wanted to, uh, say hello and welcome you to, uh, this fun episode with Rochelle from Catholic Answers and Clumsy Theosis. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoy. Will somebody get this girl a mic? Because I think she needs to drop it. I, I don't want to go so far as to say as like I feel like I know you, <laughs> but but I've I've enjoyed so much because I learned so much from your podcast. And, oh, awesome! <laughs> and and I I just think it's you know I just think it's fun to um to share faith with you know someone that's our age and and kind of the silliness that you tie in with your podcast kind of that um exaggerated millennial um you know vibe that you know you'll do those funny kind of one-liners and stuff and and uh, and i just get you know i just get such a kick out of that and i'm sure i know it's i know it's um intentional on your part but it makes it i think it makes it relatable you know yeah, see, I keep telling my husband that I'm funny, and he just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah. That's too funny. So, well, hey, I'll, I'll do our, our, our real brief intro, and then we could just get started, if that's okay. All right. Sounds great. <clears throat> hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Steel City Catholic, a podcast about Christ and his church through a black and gold lens. I'm J.P. Hilsendegger, and Bob's not with me, but I have a special guest for you today. Um, her name is Rochelle and she works at 
Catholic answers. And one of the reasons I reached out to Rochelle is because I've become a really big fan of her relatively new podcast. It's called Clumsy Theosis. And I think it's the greatest name. It has the greatest logo. It is just such a solid <laughs> podcast. And uh, one of the things that Rochelle has perfected more than most of us, including um, Steel City Catholic, as many of our listeners know, she knows how to keep an episode brief. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Rochelle, welcome to Steel City Catholic. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be with you guys. And um, before we start, I do want to let all of you guys know out in the Pittsburgh area that you are in my prayers um, for the tragedy at Squirrel Hill. I used wow. to go there when I was um, at Franciscan. I'd go on the weekends to a little cafe over there called 53C. Um, so it is a place that is dear to my heart. So you guys are in my prayers. Thank you. Yeah, such a. I'm glad you mentioned that. It's such a tragic. Um, we're, you know, we're recording this just just a week after um, the shooting and uh, the the passing of 11 people. And and uh, mm -hmm. so, you know, it, it's just it, it's so sad um, to to realize um, that that this is a reality, but to see the community come together and, and for people like yourself and, and um, all the people around the city, around the country, and even around the world who have um, supported the community in prayer and, and um, in different works of mercy and works of love. It's been really uplifting just to see how the city's kind of um, banded together and, and to, uh, to come together to just share in our love for each other. I, I think it's been really encouraging in a very dark time. So thanks for mentioning that Rochelle. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. So, um, so, you know, we can just start with just a, a little bit about yourself and just ask some, you know, fun general questions. So I'm curious, um, do you, Rochelle, do you have a favorite meal? And if you could choose only one person to eat it with, who would that be? This really is a very, very hard question for me. Um, <laughs> I change my mind all the time. You can ask my husband. <laughs> I'm like, if you have to pick one meal, um, really, I'm probably going to disappoint. It's a very, very simple meal at this um, restaurant in one of the malls out here. And the restaurant's called Socrates, but it's not like technically Greek food. It's just chicken with rice and salad and some pita bread. But there's something special about like the salad dressing that they use. I not only put it on my salad, but I use it to dip my chicken. And yeah, that's it. That would be my favorite meal. Simplicity is um, so good though. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. It's one of those meals that you could probably eat every day. Yeah. Um, but who would I eat it with? Uh, th that really is very hard for me to decide. Um, I mean, barring Jesus, right? Because every Christian should say Jesus. Sure. Um, <laughs> outside of that, I would say it's really a toss up between Coco Chanel and John Paul II. I know, very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, uh, John Paul II, you know, that spiritual fatherhood that he has, it would be like wonderful just to like sit with him and like let all his like fatherly vibes just like wash over me. But Coco Chanel is really amazing. She's an artist, an entrepreneur, and she was an influencer for how many decades, you know? So that's just, I'd really love to hear her perspective on life and how she did what she did in the face of adversity oh that's great what a good what a good answer see <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't that hard that was, that was a pretty solid answer so um 
so I'm also curious then, do you have a favorite type of treat? You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a dessert or something sweet. Do you have uh, a special treat that you really like? Yes. I love um, Domino's cheesy bread, the one with the feta and the spinach. Oh, yeah. Um, There's something in it. I just, (laughs) once I start eating it, it's just like the rest of this loaf is mine. Back off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't, at that point, you don't need the pizza or anything else. No. Um, What kind of music do you like? Now in my, you know, post-reversion to Christ, um, I do like to listen to things that are more uplifting, things that will, you know, benefit me. So I'll listen to, you know, like praise and worship. Right now, like my favorite group is Bethel. They're based out of a Christian church here in California. Um, yeah, Bob, you know, it's funny you said that Bob and his wife are huge. They really love Bethel. Yeah, I love Bethel. Um, sometimes their theology is just like, wait, what did they say? But normally their songs aren't too theological. It's more like prayer. Um, sure. So I can get into that. But nostalgically, like, I love rap music. <laughs> I know. It's so bad. Like, No, no. I'm a... I, I'm a <laughs> Kind of, kind of like you, you know, in my, in my previous life, uh, I was a huge Kanye West fan, you know, his uh-huh. first three, his first three albums when he was like still the OG. Uh-huh. Like college dropout. And yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. 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 For me, it's, you know, West coast rap, um, Tupac, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, um, gosh, the DPG. I don't know if you guys know who that is. No, um, no. I mean, I know all, everyone else before that. But right. I, so it's just like like 90s West Coast rap. Actually, though, my favorite group of all time is Bone Thugs and Harmony. And they're oh, from really? Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's actually, there's three, three actual like pictures, like photographs in my office. And one is me and my husband on our wedding day. Another is me and my mom. And the third one is me and my brother with Bone Thugs and Harmony at a concert. So <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. I know. It's funny. We had a priest come through. Well, we have people come through the office a lot. And we had this one priest come through. He's pretty young. Um, and he was, you know, stopping in the offices and saying hi to everyone. And he's a, like a Trinitine um, right priest. So, you know, he does the traditional mass. And he saw that picture and he goes, no way. Is that... I know, I." I know who that is, you know? So we started like talking about bone thugs and heart. It was so funny. Oh, that's like You don't expect like this. And he's like wearing a cassock and everything. And we're talking about bone thugs and harmony. Oh, that's, awesome. oh, I love that. It's good to be well-rounded, you know, it's, it's fun <laughs> to enjoy those things and, and uh, enjoy them openly. And sometimes you get to share it with people you don't expect. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So speaking of things that are unexpected in your office, your most recent episode was on uh, purgatory and praying for the dead. Yeah, uh, and and for those who didn't pick up um, the the name of of Rochelle's podcast is called Clumsy Theosis, and um, your most recent episode I think just aired yesterday, which was uh, All Souls Day, mm-hmm. and you were talking about um, something kind of curious on your desk. Do you want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I have this um, really shiny gilded gold um, skull that sits on my desk. Um, and it's right on the corner of my desk. So every time I walk in my office, I see it. Yeah. And it's there. Um, really, I got the inspiration from Carthusian monks. And um, I for, I don't know, I've always been attracted to skulls and skeletons um, and the dead. And I know that uh, many people are familiar with these really big high altars that have been constructed out of human remains. And it's not, not to be disrespectful or anything, but it is to honor the dead 
um, similar to the way that we honor relics. Um, but yeah, so the Carthusian monks, when they would greet each other, and I think they still do it to this day, they'll say, uh, Frato, Frater Momento Mori, which is uh, brother, remember your death. And it's this idea to live your life always with the understanding and expectation that you are going to die and that you want to live well so that you can die well and be with Christ. And so every time I see it on my desk, I remember that. And I, you know, little things in your life when you want to like, I don't think I want to add that to my list of things I have to, you know, atone for in purgatory. Um, It really does help keep me in check. I'm like, yeah, that's not worth more purgatory time. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> for, for those uh, listeners who don't already follow Rochelle and all her popularity on Instagram, she has a few, I think you had a few pictures with this skull and it is all that it's cracked up to be. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty cool, uh, it's a, it's a pretty cool skull to have on your desk. So it kind of inspired me. I wonder, I, I sit in kind of more of an open area uh-huh. Uh, where I work. And I, I wonder if I added something like that to my desk, how it would be received. <laughs> I I mean, you can go small, you know, yeah, like something like true. a little bit bigger than a walnut or, you know, like a baseball. <laughs> yeah. People might not like notice right at first. Maybe <laughs> you don't have it like super like gold or chrome or anything, you know, <laughs> yeah. more subtle. Oh, yeah. that's too funny. Yeah. I'm so, trying to find him a name actually. Um, I like to name inanimate objects. It, it's corny and it just brings me joy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you strike me as the person who already has your car named, right? Yeah, it's Augustine. I actually got him on the feast day of St. Augustine. So I was like, well, you've already been named. Oh, that's great. Yeah, for sure. So do you want to tell me a little bit about where you're from and, and um, where your family's from and, and what kind of your family dynamics are? Or do you live in the San Diego area or, or, yeah. or where do you live in California? Yeah, I live in San Diego, um, San Diego City. I was born and raised here, and um, my I only went away for about three years to do my uh, master's degree at Franciscan University in Steubenville, which a lot of your listeners are, pro- listeners are probably familiar with. Yeah, yeah, my uh, wife went there. Yeah, oh, awesome. Um, but yeah, so I've been here my whole life, and my um, so have my parents. My mom and my dad and my stepdad are all from... Well, my mom moved around a little when she was younger because her my grandfather was in the Navy, but she spent most of her life here in San Diego. And my husband is also from San Diego. We actually are from the same like small neighborhood and we never knew each other or each oh, other's wow. families. We went to the same parish, everything, and we just never ran into each other. And we've talked about it. We're like, how many times do you think we were in the grocery store or the Blockbuster video together at the same time and didn't even know it, you know? Um, But yeah, so I've been here. And my family dynamic, that's... Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if we have enough time for that. (laughs) Well, I'm sure, you know, we all have interesting family stories. So you're more than welcome to to pass on that question. No, that's okay. Like my husband and I... um, like our like immediate, you know, family. Um, we're just goofy all the time and we laugh about everything. And I think that keeps the pressure down and off, especially when you're, you know, newlyweds. And I think we are, we're still only married a year and a half. Um, we just laugh at everything. Um, we're really busy. I mean, we both work here at Catholic Answers and he goes to school full time at night. Um, 
And so when we are together, we just try to be present when we're together, like on the weekends, when we have time or in the evening. Um, And that's when I'm not working on stuff for clumsy theosis. So that's just kind of our, our immediate, our immediate family. But my family of origin, like my, my, I have one brother, he's younger, but not by much. And um, we're, we're pretty independent, very outspoken, um, but easygoing. Like we have that like California vibe, just like, yeah, man, that's cool. Um, but we have no boundaries at all with each other. That's <laughs> really funny because my in-laws, they're very, they're very sweet and they're like kind of like they're all caregivers. And but they are just very respectful of boundaries and personal space and like not asking too many questions. And it's like a total shock. For me, like, you know, the, the difference between the two families. Um, but yeah, my brother and I have no secrets from each other. And the yeah, others, yeah, yeah, I just, <laughs> we, we don't um, close doors a lot in my parents' house. So everyone hears everything and then everyone gets to chime in on everything in everybody's life. <laughs> <laughs> kind of open books at that point. Yeah, yeah. But oh, it's wonderful. Great. It really is. Yeah, it sounds... Well, congratulations on being newly married. I mean, I know <clears throat> you were hesitant to use the newlywed label, but why not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Marriage is so fun. I remember on my wedding day um, at our reception, my uncle, who who uh, is kind of a, uh, a mentor to me, um, he came over and we were talking for a little bit. And, and one of the things he said to me was, uh, he said, well, hey, welcome to the best club in the world. And, you know, we got a chuckle out of it and, and mm-hmm. you know, people just want to, um, you know, people want to kind of bring you down when you talk about marriage and, um, you know, they're culturally and, and societally, there can be a stigma that it's, you know, that it's everyone getting married is just settling. And, and he said, you know what, you're, you're marrying your best friend. It's an absolute blast. And he said, um, and you guys get to share your faith and your love for Christ together and, and you get to raise a family together. And mm-hmm. he said, what's better than that? You know, and he said, right. so, so uh, you know, you get to walk with someone um, on this journey and it's hard and it's good to have someone to walk with. So he said, welcome to the to the best club. So that always stuck with me. And I, I, I really appreciated that. So, yeah, marriage is, is a lot of fun. It's hard, but it's a, it's fun. Yeah. And it's funny that you say that because I noticed when I was over, you know, in that area of the world, even though it was a brief period of time, it seemed like you guys are are much more family oriented there. It seemed like people were married younger and had kids younger than they do here in California. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that I I think that can be a dynamic. It depends what circles you run in, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, because you can. um, Well, I I, I guess I would say, you know, Pittsburgh's a, a pretty Catholic uh, yeah. area. And, uh, and so there are a lot of people who are born here do tend to stay, you know, boring, mm-hmm. boring work transfers and things like that, which you'll have anywhere. But, um, you know, so people tend to be close with their family. I know, you know, m- my wife and I would probably kind of fall into that, um, grouping where, you know, we got married very young, uh, like 22 and 23 and, and we had a baby like 11 months later. And, you know, I mean, it was, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, of, of course, not everyone's, uh, you know, would, would fall under that umbrella, but, but I, yeah, I have noticed that I think, I think people here are, are, are um, um, a little bit more old fashioned. Pittsburgh kind of has yeah. that charm to it, you know? And so yeah. it's and not, I totally it's dig that. we have that East or West coast mm-hmm. uh, influence quite as much, you know, it has mm-hmm. that older feel. So, yeah. 
a little more Midwest. I hope that doesn't offend anybody. No, but, no. <laughs> I mean, as much as we are rivals with everything that's Ohio. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's true. That's true. I mean, I think you guys are, you have a more wholesome view of things, even though you are like a metropolitan type of city. Right, right. Which is a good balance. Well, thank you. That's kind. We love Pittsburgh. We think it's the best. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, it's, I mean, you know, most people just love to call it home. So, uh-huh. so you mentioned you went to Franciscan for your master's. Where did, where did you go to undergrad? And now for my undergrad, I don't know that I should name my school because oh, okay. I do, I, I know that I like, I mention it in my, um, in my podcasts and oh, I'll okay. talk about how non-Catholic it is. And so <laughs> I don't <laughs> Well, that's fine. That's actually charitable. But I went to community college for a few years and then I transferred over to finish my degree. Um, And I was actually getting a degree in accounting um, when I had transferred over to the university. Um, But then I had my reversion. And so I decided to pick up a minor in theology. And so I dropped my accounting major to a business major. So I'm a business major with an with a, a minor in theology um, from an institution that's kind of Catholic in name only, like their theology department, I think was really uh, instrumental in stirring me to ask questions. Cause I would sit in class and I listen to these things and I didn't have the answers, but like something inside me was stirring and saying, that's not right, you know, and that's yeah. the Holy spirit. Like that's not truth. That's not Christ. Um, yeah, so it really got me to ask questions, and I had like fallen into like a nice group of Catholic friends here in the um, in our diocese in the young adult community, and I would ask lots of questions, and that's really what stirred me on into really wanting to know more about my faith and to get a master's degree. That's great. So, at Franciscan, did you study what theology and catechetics? Um, it's theology and Christian ministry. Yeah, okay. I didn't do catechetics specifically. No, gotcha. Oh, that's, that's great. Um, so did you, um, well, I guess as, I guess as a graduate student, did you live off campus or, or what was your situation when you were at Franciscan? Yeah, my first semester or my first year I was on campus in their like graduate student housing, um, which was really good to help you like integrate with the community at Franciscan. And then for the next two years, I lived off campus, but like really close by, um, just cause it was more cost effective. Um, but not quite as safe. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess, yeah. Right, and um, you listen to Bone Thugs. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not like from like the suburbs, you know. So I'm just like, yeah, not a big deal. Right. Um, but it was, it was cool. Um, I spent most of my time on campus, anyways, because you know you had classes and sure. a lot of friends still lived on campus, and so you know you'd go up there. And then there's so many events that I just, while I was there, I took advantage of like a lot of the extracurricular activities they had, you know, like obviously their festival of praise. And then they'd get all kinds of like really awesome speakers to come to the campus for free. And it's like, when am I ever going to hear this person again for right. free? So, Cause they're, cause they're all alumni. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So I was there a lot and um, yeah, I spent most of my, most of my time on campus, even though I lived off campus. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Did you get to, um, did you get to visit Pittsburgh a good bit when you were at, when you were in Steubenville or, or, or not so much? Oh, I did all the time. I had my own car and <laughs> it was really a culture shock for me. Um, when I first moved out there, because I'm used to the city, I'm used to always being on a freeway, um, always being in 
heavily populated areas and I was starting to go stir crazy. Um, and so Thursday night was like, or Thursday afternoon was my last class. And as soon as I was done with class, I'd go get in my car and I'd drive out to Pittsburgh um, or Robinson, whichever one I you know, decided to go to. But yeah. I was just like, I just need stores that I remember. I need, <laughs> <laughs> I need to eat at places where I already know the menu and I just need to be around people and traffic. And so I would, I would drive out to Pittsburgh a lot, especially my first year. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you can share the love for the city, you know, with us, that's for sure. It's um, <laughs> 20 something miles on route 22 is, it basically feels like you're driving out to a, a prison mid state. <laughs> but it, it really, it's nothing for me from being from California. We spend so much time on the road. It's not a big deal. Yeah. It's probably not that far of a drive, but for us being, you know, Pittsburgh, we always say is kind of the biggest um, it, it, it's, it's the, uh, smallest big city, you know, it, it yeah. um, yeah. everything's, it's everything's really pretty close, but, mm-hmm. but you can be in a suburb in 10 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's great. I'm, I'm glad I didn't know all your ties to, to Pittsburgh and, and we love to talk about home. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you are, you've already mentioned that, you know, a little bit about, um, you know, being married and, and, um, how would you describe this season of life for you? Yeah, this season really is one of transition. And I mean, obviously, you know, getting married, you know, that's a big transition. And my husband being in school, so we really haven't settled into like a family dynamic, you know, Um, like a, a regular routine because like every semester our schedules are changing and stuff. And we don't have children yet, but, you know, we're hoping soon that will be the Lord's plan, you know? And so like, we know we'll transition again then. Um, And then once my husband graduates, he's going to be getting a new job um, in the accounting field. Um, So we're in transition now and I foresee future transition, which it's really hard for me because I like to know what's going on and where I'm going, what I'm doing. But I really think that that is the Lord's way of getting me to just like loosen my grip and just let him take the wheel and for him to lead rather than me making lots of decisions on my own. Um, a lot of growth potential. Am I doing well at it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm probably being like an obstinate child, you know, um, fighting with God the Father. Like, I don't think that's the right thing to do. <laughs> and he's like, Honey, just listen to me. I have plans. It was probably close to the beginning of this year. I started talking with Cy Kellett, our um, host. He's the best. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. I love him Because he knew that I had a degree in theology and he was like thinking, well, on the days when I'm not here, you can host the show for me so we don't have to find like substitutes and everything. And I was like, really? You think I could do that? Like it, it had never crossed my mind. Um And he was like, but we need to get you comfortable with speaking to people and speaking on the air and all that stuff. So he suggested I start a podcast. And it really was like, I had never thought to do it. And it it was one of those things where as soon as he said it, it's just like my heart knew. I was like, yes, I'm supposed to do that. And it was really the Clumsy Theosis podcast was just supposed to be something that was like transitionary. And we didn't think that it was going to pick up any speed. Um. And so like promotion, it's really all on myself. Like obviously with the Catholic Answers name that does carry weight, but I promote 
myself more or less. And it's just kind of taken off. Like after people started to hear some of the episodes and I've, I'm still learning my voice, I think a little bit, like how to present things and just like the tone of things, but more or less, um, I think I've kind of gotten the hang of it. So as people have heard and they've just loved what I've had to say, and I really have to credit that to the Holy Spirit because before I, I decide what to talk about or even get into the booth, I pray. I'm just like, okay, Lord, you need to help me. I don't know what your people need, what they want. And so I'll just pray before I like script out anything or do any sort of research. Oh, yeah. that's, an, that's an awesome story. I love, I love hearing kind of how, how this all you know, how clumsy theosis came to be and, and, you know, how, who, who all was behind it. And, you know, just that, just that little nudge from Cy, yeah. uh, you know, really gave, uh, opened a lot of doors and immediately you knew, yeah. uh, you know, of course the, the Holy Spirit prompted you, but, and, and prepared your heart for that moment. But immediately you knew like, Hey, this is something I would be interested in. And not only that, you know, um, this is probably something I would be good at. You know, I'm detail oriented. I like speaking. I want to be more comfortable speaking. I want to learn more about my faith, share what I already know. And mm-hmm. and I just think, you know, all those things come together. And and like you said, the Catholic answer's name, of course, carries weight, but it's all self-promoted. You know, the, the, it, it, you started this podcast kind of, um, uh, I don't know if we're in like a in a, in a golden age of, for podcasting. Yeah. It, it sure seems that way. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, just about everybody has one and, uh, and everyone has ones that they love to listen to. And, and, um, and so I, I know for me, you know, just from the very beginning, I forget how I first heard about you. Were you on, um, maybe like a Catholic answers live episode and Cy just basically gave you like five minutes to talk about it. Was it something like that where I might've heard you? It's, yeah, very possible. Like every okay. other week, they try to pull me into the studio to talk about it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah so I, I'm guessing that's where I first heard you. So I, I do want to say, I, I think I've heard every episode and, and some, you know, some of my favorite episodes were, uh, um, you had an episode on, on preparing for mass, um, mm-hmm. Vatican two, mm-hmm. um, um, why fasting is, is not just for Lent and mm-hmm. you know, guaranteed Bible takeaways. Did you have one? I don't know if I can find it right now. I'm just doing a quick browse, but did you have one on the rosary or am I, am I thinking of something else? Yeah, I've actually had two on the rosary. One was meditation in the rosary. And then the most recent one was called the Catholic lightsaber about the mysteries of light or the luminous mysteries. Oh, wow. So there, there it is. You and JP two eating your favorite meal. (laughs) The mysteries of light, the luminous. (laughs) That's too funny. Wow. That's, that's such a great story. It's so fun to hear, um, you know, how, how things come together like that. And, and, uh, you know, praise God just for, um, the way that he prepared your heart for, for everything with the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I am curious because I am a pretty faithful listener to Catholic answers live and, and, uh, I just love Catholic answers altogether. Um, I am curious, who your favorite apologist is of the four main apologists. <laughs> Don't make me choose. Carlo Broussard and Tim Staples. I'm curious of, of those four, you know, or, or if, if you have um, uh, a special relationship or friendship, uh, if you have more fun with, you know, any one particular, I, I'm just curious, but you don't have to choose. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, it really is hard. They're all so different. Yeah. And I think that's what's, wonderful is that they, I mean, they're all super knowledgeable um, and they all have their areas of expertise, but they're just, they're, 
their personalities are so different. And I think that's what makes us such a great ministry is that we have these different personalities with these different talents who are able to talk to such a wide variety of people and help so many people to learn the truths about the faith. Gosh, I mean, I think, I think Trent is like a master rhetorician. Yes. Uh, he's just so skilled in getting listeners to come to the truth on their own just by asking them the right questions. Yep. And he gives really, really good examples. Um, Carlo, I love Carlo's accent. <laughs> I just, it's so warming and you just like, it warms up a conversation and it just makes you trust him no matter what he says. I agree. Uh, <laughs> he's so, one of the ways I've described him is uh, he's probably one of the most sincere people you could ever meet. Now, of course, yeah. I've never met him, but he, he, like you said, that trust is, um, it, it just radiates, you know, the, the raging Cajun, yes. but he's, yes. he's, he's, he's so, uh, such a warm personality. Yeah, I can't agree with you anymore. Yeah, and he has like this purity and this innocence when it comes to like human interaction that he really just wants to like connect with someone and help them. Um, and he's always just so generous with his time. Yeah, he he really is. Um, he has a heart for God. It's very obvious. Yeah, Tim Staples. I mean, he's just very personable, you know. And like, I love how Tim he remembers faces and names of people. Or if he doesn't remember your name, he remembers that he met you at like a certain conference like five to seven years ago. Wow. I've seen him run into people and like, yeah, he remembers people. And I'm like, that is a trait that I wish I had. Like that's something that they say that I think Mother Teresa and JP2 had. Like they would never forget someone's name or face. Wow. And I'm just like, yeah, Tim is really, really good at that. And he just has like the zeal for the faith that just anytime he speaks, it's just very obvious. Yes. Yeah. And my husband likes to say that Jimmy Aiken has like this villain-like intelligence. And <laughs> <laughs> he knows everything. Now, he does. I, I will say this, um, Jimmy Aiken's new podcast, Jimmy Aiken's Mysterious World through the SQPN network is huge. And it's not that, it, it, it's, it's not that well established yet in terms of its age. Uh-huh. Uh, he, I think he just said the other day that he has like 800,000 subscribers <laughs> or something. He has a cult wow. he has a cult following. I don't I you know I don't know if my numbers are off on there, but um, it, Jimmy Aiken is just brilliant. And and uh, we had a we had a Pirates um, a Pittsburgh Pirates starting pitcher on. Um, his name's Trevor Williams. He's from San Diego, mm-hmm. and he went to Arizona State for college, and and uh-huh. uh, and now he plays for the Pirates. And uh-huh. we had him on in the spring, and we were I think we were talking with him at one point about um jimmy aiken and and uh his knowledge and his love uh for so many different things you know it's just such a broad spectrum and trevor basically described it as yes jim jimmy aiken is you know that walking encyclopedia uh, we're really glad he's catholic and he's on our side <laughs> exactly like i said like he's a villain like intelligence and if he was not on our side i would be very afraid <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Yeah, I, I love I, I, I will say this. Um, uh, if I had to choose because I don't have any skin in the game. Uh, Trent Horn's my favorite. He um, his uh, Council of Trent podcast is um, extraordinary. And he just, you know, he he's knowledgeable about many different things mm-hmm. similar yeah. to Jimmy, but but in a different way, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's that's why I love Catholic Answers, because you have all these different personalities that come together, but what all these people have in common is their love for Christ and their love for the truth. 
Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and they share, they share the gospel in, um, in their own unique ways. And it's, it, it, um, it allows different people to receive it uh, in different ways and in different seasons of their life. And I just think that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It really is a blessing. And it's obvious, you know, that like, cause they are a bit of a motley crew. If you look at them individually and like the Lord <laughs> gather them all together, kind of like he did with, you know, the apostles yes. we're, we're, we're a few shy. We only have four, you know, <laughs> Oh, that's great. So um, I'm curious with, with your own podcast, Clumsy Theosis, do you have a favorite episode? Yes. My favorite episode is what does the temple have to do with me? And I don't know if it's so much for what I've said in the episode as much as like just the topic itself is something that I meditate on and it just like blows my mind. You know, this idea that we are called the temples of the Holy Spirit. And we hear it all the time. And so we're just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, But like, if you look at like the temple from Jesus's time and how um, the Holy of Holies was like a place that only like um, the high priest could enter once a year. And sometimes the high priest, like they would tie a rope around his ankle before he would walk in because if he didn't come out, that meant that he died. And I guess that happened in history. Like they were just struck down dead by being in the presence of God. And like, you can't go in and get the body because no one else is allowed in there. (laughs) So they would just pull by the rope and it's just like, you know, like that's amazing. And just the fact that like, we are temples of the Holy spirit. Like we have such access to God. Like, in the Eucharist that he is in us. And it's just like the amount of union and communion that we're called to compared to people prior to Christ. It's just awe inspiring. And it just, I meditated on it all the time. And in the episode, like I talk about like the decorations of the temple and how that's supposed to go represent Eden and how that was like the original primordial, um, temple it's just you know it's it's a and it was a place for adam and eve to be one with the lord and to walk with him and to talk with him in the garden and it's just i i I haven't gotten to that point in my spiritual life like sometimes i'll have glimpses of that but when i do have those glimpses of such a union with the lord and they're so brief because like i'm I'm not, I haven't gotten to that level of spirituality yet, but it's just like, I want more of that. Give me more of that. How do I get that? Oh, that's, that's a beautiful. Yeah. I, I do remember that episode. And the more you talk about it, the more it, it really sparks my interest to, to, I, I have, um, I don't know if it was your episode or, or something I was reading at the time, maybe around that same time, um, that, that caused me to really look into the structure of the temple and, and to mm-hmm. start, just start to look into, um, you know, how the temple was designed and, and, uh, yeah. no, you know, nothing, nothing was by accident, you know, and, no, and uh, not there, at are all. These, there are these different things that, you know, all of these things, um, uh, in terms of the architecture and everything, um, everything points to the worship of God and, and, mm-hmm. uh, it's just such a beautiful thing to reflect on. So yeah, thanks for yeah. sharing. Yeah. And if you take even what you just said and you transpose that to the human person, it's like nothing was by accident. Like everything in our makeup was on purpose. Yeah. Wow. That's a great parallel. So, um, you know, as we kind of, as we kind of come to a close, um, I, I know that, I don't know if you grew up Byzantine or do you practice, uh, the Byzantine right of Catholicism now? Yeah, I do. Okay. great. Uh, Right. How how did that come to be? Did you grow up Byzantine? 
No, I grew up as just a Roman Catholic. Okay. Um, and it was about the time of my um, reconversion. I was um, in undergrad. And like I said, I would go to these classes and my Catholic professors would say things that just didn't seem right. I did have one professor though, who, and almost everything she said in her class was legit. She was actually a Greek Orthodox. And I say almost everything because she had some like misconstrued ideas about Catholicism, you know, because sometimes there's a disconnect. Um to say it charitably, um, between, <laughs> <laughs> between, you know, what the Orthodox think about the, the Catholics and stuff. But everything else that she said in her class was like on point and I knew it, like my soul knew that she was speaking truth. And so I would go to her office hours a lot and we would just talk about things and I would have questions. And I was really like wondering like, yeah, what, what is the truth? Because I saw such beauty in um, Orthodox worship you know, um, their liturgy and just their explanation of theology. It's different. Like they speak the same truths, but it's just, um, in, in a different way. And so at the time of my reversion, I was trying to figure out like, well, what's the truth? Is it Catholicism or is it orthodoxy? Obviously I came to the conclusion that it was Catholicism. And that was mostly because of the orthodox position on the Pope and Mary. And so I was like, all right, yeah, I, I see where the Catholic Church is right here. And so therefore, that makes everything else, everything else kind of falls in place that way. So Catholicism is true. So, but I always did appreciate their liturgy and their liturgical worship. So when I came out to Franciscan, I had a friend who we were talking and he had previously been an evangelical Christian recently become Catholic, went to Franciscan for his master's. And he said when he was searching for the truth, he kind of came to that same um, place where I did between Catholicism and Orthodoxy. And we we're talking about that. And so we we're totally geeking out about their liturgy and stuff like that. And he was like, well, you know, the Eastern churches, their, um, the Eastern Catholic churches, their liturgy is, you know, really similar to Orthodox because they've kept a lot of that tradition and we should check it out. And so we did. And so over in where you're from, there's quite a lot of Byzantine um, churches. Sure. Um, and where we were in Steubenville, within 20 minutes, north, south, and east, there was a Byzantine church. And so we started going to the ones around there. And um, they're really small. It's really sad because they're, they're almost kind of like derelict, you know, because like the towns are like so small and it's just like mostly the, the elderly who have stayed in those towns right. and these parishes. And so you don't really get to see what the worship could be because it's so small, but even still going and just um, going to the liturgy and the fact that like the whole liturgy is sung by the congregation and even the words that you sing throughout, throughout the liturgy, they're just so theologically rich that it was just like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. And you know, you have like lots of bells, lots of incense, lots of visual, um, stimulation with like the icons and stuff like that. So it like kind of enlivens like all of your, your major senses. And that it it was, it was amazing to me how much the mystery of the liturgy came alive in that. And I think it was because I had uh, my uh, first Byzantine priest, he was actually in Toronto, Ohio. Um, He was telling me that he's a you know, cause we were talking cause he knew I was a Roman Catholic. Um, but then that just became my parish and I would go there, um, every, um, Saturday evening and, um, we would talk a lot and he would say, yeah, well, the difference between 
the Roman liturgy and the Byzantine liturgy is that the Byzantine liturgy is much more feminine because you do have all of, you know, um, the sights and the sounds and all these things that you associate with femininity, you know, like a woman just, you know, just smelling nice and looking nice and, you know, like just, it's very fluid the way the liturgy works and, and women just have this way of just uh, fluidity. Whereas in the Roman rite, it's, things are a little bit more, um, um, militaristic is that a word <laughs> oh, yes. I, <laughs> you know? I, I love I, I've never heard it described that way that's so fascinating yeah it, it's more masculine and for me it's like yeah well the church is the bride of Christ so it makes perfect sense to me that the worship should be more feminine wow. not to say that there's anything wrong with right. you know the Roman liturgy uh, I think the Trinity mass is beautiful but it is it's much more like um I I I think more of like the church militant, sure. you know, when sure. I go to that. And that, and that is still beautiful. There's something beautiful in that precision um, and, and in the prayers of the Trinitine, right? But still, um, it really just going to a Byzantine liturgy made the mystery become so much more alive. And it was a mystery. And I wanted to know what's behind that iconostasis. What is going on? Like, it just really drew me in. Like, yeah. um, and there's like many processions where the priest comes out with the, um, the gospel book, and then he comes out again with the gifts and he walks around the whole congregation. And so it's like, you are, it's, it's very obvious that you being in the pew are part of this liturgical worship. Um, it kind of reminds me of um, Revelation, where you have the angels in heaven with the bowls of incense, and the smoke is going up, and it's swirling around and stuff. And that—that's—it just—it's um, very um, invokes my imagination a lot. Wow! In, Thank in you for way. sharing that. That's incredible. You're welcome. That's fantastic. Um, do, so, do you do you have any favorite saints that you have a special devotion to? I know, obviously, you mentioned. Um, Pope St. John Paul II, and, and, uh, or, or as John Paul the Great, as I like to call him. But, uh, do you have any other saints that you really love? I do. Um, I really love Catherine of Siena, and I've talked about her a few times in my podcast, sure. um, as well as Gertrude the Great, um, which I actually talked about in the most recent episode on Purgatory and Praying for the Dead. I, I took this course when I was at Franciscan on medieval women mystics and it just reading these spiritual experiences of these women, it really opened up my concept of what prayer could be and what union with God can look like because all of these mystics have, they, they reach this, um, this level of union or contemplation with God. And it always looks different. I mean, there's obviously like common threads, but it's always different. And for those two women, they have really shaped my prayer life. Wow. That's great. Yeah. I know with um, Catherine of Siena, she's, she's very um, carnal. You know, she talks a lot about like Jesus's body, you know, like his wounds um, and things, you know, like that. So it's like brings Jesus to me. It helped me with the theological understanding that um, Jesus is truly God and truly man um, or fully God and fully man. And um, this, how you can um, have a relationship with him in both capacities. Um, 
and and that doesn't mean that like if if you have a relationship with with Jesus as God that you know that that doesn't separate his humanity or if you have a relationship with Jesus you know in his humanity that doesn't separate his um, divinity um, so that was that was really cool and um, with Gertrude the Great her relationship with Christ it's very much like um, a child parent relationship in a way that because I, I don't really get into the whole like Carmelites you know like Saint uh, Therese of Lisieux and Teresa of Avila and I know they're like super popular and it's probably because they're you know more new saints sure um, or more more modern saints um, and I know they talk about like you know childhood and stuff like that but the way it's presented by Gertrude the Great it spoke more to me and just like this total surrender as a child of God wow yeah, thank you. That's that's uh, those are great devotions, and and uh, and and I think you know one thing I I often reflect on and, and really rejoice in is uh, um, Catholicism, like you said, is so carnal. Um, yes. the, the body is so important, and um, and it points us to God as much as anything else in His creation. And yeah. uh, to you know to to reflect on um, the the beauty of the body and, and, um, and just the theology behind the body and the way we're created. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just magnificent, you know, and it, it, it just points us to God. And, and, and I, I really think, uh, strengthens our, our, uh, longing for God, our desire for holiness and, and, uh, and, and allows us to, um, allows us to enjoy the, 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 the appreciation and the importance of the body, you know, of course, for, for the res- the ultimate resurrection of the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And for me, it did, it made the fact that the Eucharist is the body and blood of Christ. It made it so much more real and understandable for me. You know, it wasn't just an idea. It was now a reality that I was able to see and understand, um, which is essential for you know for our faith because like if you go and you receive the eucharist and you don't really understand it and not to say that it won't have any effect on you but you it won't be able to penetrate as deeply as it could if you really knew what it was that you were taking into your body and how it could transform you wow so um i think my last question for you and and rochelle i really appreciate you taking the time just to just to hang out with me and i know bob's um sad that he can't be with us during, during this conversation, because it has been so enjoyable, but I'm curious if, if, uh, you know, obviously you've traveled over our way and, and, you know, being from California, living in California now, but you know, whether you've traveled other places in the country or other places in the world, do you have any favorite churches, um, that you really love? Favorite church? Yes. Um, here in California, we have what's called the California mission trail. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but um, yeah, St. Junipero Serra, you know, he's one of our most recent saints. Um, He started the California Mission Trail and it's, um, gosh, I think 20 something missions up and down the California coast. And the idea I think was that like, if you left at like sunrise and you would arrive to the other one by sunset. And I don't know if that's like walking or by like horse or something. Um, But this was like back in the day, you know, so. um, But yeah, so there's all these missions. And so far, my favorite mission, my favorite church is one of these missions. And um, I would have to say that it is um, 
San Luis Rey Mission. It's actually really close here to San Diego. It's in Oceanside, which is still part of our county. Um, but I love it. It's called the King of the Missions. Well, hey, Rochelle, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to join us here on Still City Catholic and, and, um, and you know, just in your openness to share about your own life and, and, and your walk of faith and um, your time at Catholic Answers, your podcast, Clumsy Theosis. If you, um, uh, what's one place that our listeners could, could find what you're up to and, and kind of follow your work? Um, iTunes, of course, uh, okay. Google Play Music, and really most all um, podcasts, apps. Okay. You can get Clumsy Theosis. Yeah. And if you can't find it, really, just go to Google. Yeah. And type in Clumsy Theosis and the whole page. I'm really excited about this now. The whole page will fill with Clumsy Theosis um, links. Oh, that's awesome. And then, and then of course, they could also follow you on Instagram. Yes, uh, please you, follow on Instagram. Yeah, you keep it, you, you're good about keeping a presence there. I, I appreciate the fact that you've chosen one um, social media outlet and, and, and you're really good at it and you do it well. And, and uh, as opposed to trying to manage Facebook and Twitter on top of that. Welcome back. Isn't Rochelle the best? We, I had a blast talking to her and, and uh, uh, just a fun conversation. So I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And, and um, you know, Bob and I always enjoy doing interviews. I think it gives us a great reason to step out of the way and let other people share their stories. And, and Rochelle had such a great story to share. So we're just really grateful that she joined us. So um, if you're new to Steel City Catholic, welcome. Hope you enjoyed listening to your first episode. Um, and we hope you'll catch up on past episodes. Some are some of our popular ones are our um, sixteenth episode with Trevor Williams of the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, Father Adam Verona. We did a live young adult Q and A on confession. Um, we just recently had an episode with one of our favorite priests, Father Nick Vaskoff, on cooking and Catholicism and and uh, love for Italy. <laughs> and so. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting to mention a couple other popular ones, but um, um, last week's episode, if you haven't listened to it yet, was with Bishop Richard Umbers, uh, Auxiliary Bishop of the Archdiocese of Sydney, Australia. And so if you haven't listened to that episode, uh, it was such a blast recording with him as well. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Rochelle. Um, I, I think it's safe to say we made a new friend. Um, we got homies out in California and, uh, so we're growing the Steel City Catholic footprint and reminding ourselves uh, just for uh, the lack of the lack of humility <laughs> that it might bring um, that there's always a Pittsburgh tie and there's always a reason to promote and to love Pittsburgh. So um, if if uh, you're not connected with us, we you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search Steel City Catholic and you're welcome to email us anytime. Steel City Catholic at Gmail dot com. Uh, we always like to interact with listeners and we've got a few episodes um, that were listener suggestions and so so we really appreciate that so um, I hope you have a great week and a great rest of your day and uh, thanks for listening to Steel City Catholic St. Joseph pray for us